We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Fill in the blank. Justin Adamalola is eligible for a sixth season of eligibility next year. But he says despite being asked to return next season, he hasn't made a decision on what he's going to do after this season. And that's blank. Smart. I think he's going to take all of the information, and I think he's going to make an educated decision. Personally, from a football standpoint, I think he needs to come back. I mean, I think he can – he will go from being a non-starting role player this year to being a starter and the most experienced guy coming back on the defensive line next year. And it negates your issues at the Viper position if he comes back. So, I mean, from a Notre Dame standpoint, you want him back. He's obviously been invited. From a J- uh, Justin situation, I think he should come back because I think it can only help him from a draft standpoint. But I also understand that this is senior day and he's going to be able to participate in senior day with his twin brother. And I get that. And you don't want to make a decision because if he makes a decision to come back, he's by Marcus Freeman's new rules. He's not allowed to participate in senior day. That's a good point. I wonder if that's playing into it. I'm okay with it because of that. If that was the only reason that he hasn't made his decision yet, I'm okay with it because I would want to be out there with my actual brother and celebrate senior day with him. Right. Uh, you know, that that makes a lot of sense from from that aspect. And I hadn't thought about, you know, but, you know, Marcus Freeman also said they have to have made a decision on their future. And if they, you know, like <laughs> the guys, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to, you know, because he basically drew that line in the sand and said 25 guys are going to be honored Saturday and they are all guys with expiring eligibility. And they've all, you know, already, you know, have to be seniors and they've made up their minds. So we're not going to have these guys getting honored two and three times on senior day like we've seen in the past. To me, it felt like he was saying, though, if you are coming back, if you have decided to come back, then you are not participating. Like right. that's that's what it felt like to me as opposed – because you don't want to put a gun to a kid's head and be like, we need to know right now. Right. Because like, right. that's going to shoot you – that's going to backfire if you do that. See, what you said about you know doing senior day with your twin brother, that makes a lot of sense, obviously. And if that's the reason – Fine. But like what I looked at it initially, I hadn't really considered that side. To me, it seemed like a guy who maybe had, you know, like 
thinks of himself as a guy who has a chance to get drafted when really he probably doesn't have a chance to get drafted. I mean, right. He's six one two fifty three, playing right. defensive end. You know, the number two defensive end, and he's only got what two and a half sacks or something like that. So yeah. if it's if you know if he hasn't decided purely on a career standpoint, coming back would most benefit him because Isaiah Foskey will not be back, or at least you know we're we're pretty confident. Isaiah Foskey is not going yes. to be back, which yes. which de facto makes Justin number one at that position next year, which gives him a much better chance to improve his own draft status for the next year. So if it was purely on draft potential type stuff this year, I think it makes no sense at all. But if it's like what you're saying, go out there, yeah. go on senior day, be honored with your twin brother, you know, and his family being here and the whole thing, I think it makes a ton of sense. Yep, and I, I just pulled this up because we're talking about Senior Day. Crystal says, just got here. Will Mayor be a part of Senior festivity, Festivities, or is it part you must be a senior and leaving? Have to it's be called, a senior. It's called He's Senior Day for a reason. So yeah. you're sorry. You're sorry, Michael Mayer. You are the yeah. best tight end ever to come to Notre Dame, but you're not a senior. So right. it is what it is. You know, he'll probably come back at some point in the future and, and be honored, you know. Sure. But if you, you leave after your junior year, he can't be there on right. senior day. Like and he said. should leave. Senior I mean, we're not saying he should stick around. Yeah. 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 We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Do you buy or sell? Navy gave Boston College and USC a defensive blueprint for when they face Notre Dame. To a degree. I mean, I agree with it to a degree because part of the problem with what Navy was doing to Notre Dame is Notre Dame, I mean, I hate to say it, I hate to use the words of Marcus Freeman, they didn't execute. Like, they 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 turned guys loose. They moved protections in the wrong way. There were, you know, running backs had their worst game of picking up pressure in the past game. There, there was just a lot of bad execution in that game, and even more so when I went back and watched it for the Upon Further Review show. If they just execute, if they just block the guys they're supposed to block, it's a completely different conversation that we're having about the second half of Navy. So if they can execute, 
then Boston College and USC can do whatever they want. It's not going to make a difference. But they have to execute that. They picked that stuff up against Clemson. They didn't pick it up against Navy. So we know they can do it, but they actually have to do it. Right. You know, you could say that, okay, they're going to blitz more. They're going to crowd the line of scrimmage more. I mean, anyone could have done that at any point. Like Stanford shut Notre Dame's running game down five weeks ago or whatever it's been now. That wasn't necessarily a blueprint for anybody afterwards. I, I just think that Navy's defense is so unique the way they yeah. did things and the way they felt like they had to do things. You know, again, maybe you blitz a little bit more. You know, anyone has had the opportunity to put seven, eight in the box at any point. And, you know, they've tried it at different times this year. And it's really just a matter of, like you said, it comes down to whether Drew Pine specifically, if it comes to passing or the, you know, the offensive line executes you know that's what it comes down to to me now you know what's how is tommy reese because the other part of this is tommy reese has attacked each opponent a little bit differently even though the game plans in general there have been you know some you know just kind of ripping off (laughs) photocopying photocopying the game plan you know there have been some of that but there have been some tweaks along the way as well just you know like how they attack clemson was not the way they tried to attack navy you know, two different things. So, you know, part of it's going to depend on that. Part of it's going to depend on, you know, because the other part of it as well now is Drew Pine has had a week to work on some of that stuff. And Tommy Reese has had a week to work on some of that stuff with him. So how are they all going to respond? That's a good point. That's a really good point. So, you know, there could be some stuff they try to copy, but also you should every defensive coordinator, you know, one, every defense is a little bit different. And I don't think most defensive coordinators aren't just going to drastically alter what they do defensively, (laughs) you know, whether, you know, Navy or any other team had success or not. There might be some, some little pieces that they try to replicate, but I I don't see them drastically altering their defenses to try to copy Navy though. Agreed. Okay, so this is a question, I kind of teased this last week, that came from a uh, someone posted on on uh, one of our YouTube videos Ooh. in response to some stuff. Okay. I don't know if it was necessarily response, but he posted <laughs> this. It was a question that he asked anyway. He says, so people are saying that if Notre Dame wins out, they could be in the top 12 in the rankings, college football playoff rankings. So if the college football playoff had a 12-team format, they could be in the playoff field. And if a team had a season like Notre Dame, you know, like Notre Dame is currently having and wins out, they ended up winning the national championship. Is that what really people want to see? Seems watered down to me. So what do you think of this, Vince? Does that seem watered down to you? You know, that's a good point because that is the argument against doing the 12-team playoff, right? Is that you're going to get teams in there with three losses uh, or more who now have an opportunity to win the national championship. Now, it's going to be a really tough road uh, if you are, you know, the 12 seed, for example, right? I mean, if or the it would be the 11 seed, right? Because the 12 seed is going to go to that, most likely going to go to that uh, group of five team, right? Uh, unless they're right. really good and they happen to be ranked higher. Okay, right. so, but if you're the 11 seed, you're still going on the road to for the first round and then you got to play a top four seed right so it would be a tough road to hoe in order to win the national championship could it be possible sure i think that now you have into play all those underdog stories and you have 
you know, all the things that bring eyeballs to TV, you have that going for you. If you do this and like a Notre Dame or somebody with three losses ends up running the table, does it feel watered down? Maybe a little bit, but at the same time, if you're one of the best teams in the country and you can't hold your own water against a team with three losses, then maybe you don't deserve to be a national champion. So I, I'm I'm for it. I, I, I just have, I just feel like, to be honest with you, and it could happen. I feel like those teams that maybe just skated in would end up losing anyway. I don't think that they would all the way make it because there's usually a pretty good drop off from like the top five or six all the way down to 10, 11, 12. There, there's a good drop off there. Sure. So like, I think it would work itself out. I'll, I'll use. The NFL as an example, because, okay. you know, I, I realize there are people who well, don't, don't make my college football like the NFL and all that stuff. I get it. All right. It's the same sport, but they're two different sports, you know, same sport, two different games. But at the same time, the NFL's had a much larger playoff field than college football, especially considering college football only went to a playoff format just a few years ago. So here's here's an exa- couple two examples, same team that I'll give you. 2007 New York Giants, 10 and 6 in the regular season. They were a wild card team, didn't win their own division. They make the playoffs. They go on a run. They beat the unbeaten New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. You know, the team with Randy Moss, the first team to get to the Super Bowl without a loss, you know, since the 1972 Miami Dolphins. 10 and 6 beats the undefeated team, Super Bowl champs for the rest of their lives. 2011, Giants are even worse. They're 9 and 7. Again, they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl champs for the rest of their lives. So, yeah, yeah. you know, like because of those two Super Bowls, Eli Manning's going to the Hall of Fame. If they don't go on those two runs as a 10 and 6 team and a 9 and 7 team that didn't win their own division, they are not, you know, he's not going to the Hall of Fame one and they're not Super Bowl champs. And, you know, so you've got an expanded playoff. And, and sometimes, you know, I'll be curious, I will be curious to see how it works in college because they're, there definitely has been greater disparity between the top of the rankings and, and teams like you're talking about, where you sit there in that sure. 10, 11, 12 range, or you know, even eight, eight, nine. There's been better disparity. But what you have to remember is teams one through four get a first round bye. And so That's you're true. gonna get more evenly matched games in those first round games, you know. So, like nobody cares that North Carolina State was a six seed if you apply it to March Madness when they won it, you know, March Madness in 83, or that. Villanova was an eight seed in 85. They're national champions. They got in and they play it out. And like there are 131 FBS football teams in the country. So four teams is 3% of the teams making the playoffs. If you expand it to 12, that's still only 9%. You know, it's so it's still a very small amount of teams that are getting in. It's just the difference is. Sure. We've only had a playoff for a few years, so it's 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 just a constant, I think, for everybody to grab when it comes to who's involved in the playoff and, and how many teams and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think it makes it any worse. Yeah. I think it makes it even more exciting if well, if like an 11 or 12 would, would at least get to a national championship game. And that is the point, I think, because I'm sorry, there's not much better than playoff football in the NFL. And I don't think college is going to be that far behind as far as the excitement level to watch some of these games. I think it's going to be pretty stinking exciting to watch some of these games and to kind of follow teams and see upsets and all that. And if a team like a Notre Dame, for example, and you get in with three losses, you're going to be 
in the 10-11 range, right? So that means you have to beat the six seed. Then you probably have to beat the two seed. And then you're going to have to beat the one seed. Right. If you do that, it's going to take deserve, a lot. You deserve to be the national champs, man, because right. you beat all the teams that probably thought that they were going to be national champions. So I'm okay with it. I think it makes for a great story. I think it makes for great football. I think it could be a lot of fun. Now, I also think there's going to be a pretty good amount of blowouts in the playoffs at the college level. I think I think you're going to see some blowouts, but that's going to come with it because the drop-off is going to be greater in college than it is in the NFL. I still think that like the first-round games are going to be more – like I'm more interested in first-round games. Like here's what – like ESPN every week has done the projection if there was a 12-team format this year. Number 12 – would be Central Florida versus number five, Michigan. Number 11, Penn State at number six, Tennessee. Number 10, Utah at number seven, LSU. Number nine, Clemson at number eight, Alabama. And like those matchups aren't, you know, like a completely compelling case. Like when I think right. of like how some of those could turn out, but at the same time, it's still an Alabama team that's down and you'd get Alabama Clemson in the first round. Like I would still be more interested in those as opposed to some of the bowl, just matchups. a bunch of basically yeah. bowl games, the domain exhibition games that are meaningless. And yeah. I will also say that you're going to see less opting out if a team is in the playoff. Yes. yes. And so Much less opting out. If you've got, let's say you've got Alabama Clemson in a, in a bowl game this year, right? Cause they're not going to make, if, you know, let's say neither one of them make the playoff, which I think is a, pretty solid bet at this point. So let's say that they match up in one of these bowl games. You know how many guys are going to opt out of that game? Right. It's going to it's going to be a terrible game because you're going to have a bunch of guys who haven't played all year. They're going to be playing in that game. I if you're in the playoff and you still have a shot at a national championship, that game is a completely different scenario. Right. All right, got to keep it moving here because yep. I've only got a few more minutes. USC's number seven in this week's playoff rankings. If the Trojans run the table against Notre Dame, UCLA, and then the Pac-12 championship game, do you buy or sell them getting into the playoff? They've got a shot just because of where they are right now, right? They've got a shot. A lot of stuff is going to have to shake their way. I think Oregon losing hurt them big time uh, as far as strength of schedule is going to be when, once you get through the Pac-12 championship, because I think they needed a better, be those yeah. two. I think you need a better matchup there. And TCU is going to have to lose, I think, at some point, right, in order to kind of open up that area. Because I think if TCU loses, I think they're probably out. Uh, but you're going to have to have some teams above you mess up. Uh, but they're going to need a lot of help, but it was not out of the realm of possibility if they do it, because their one loss is to Utah by one point. That's... You can explain that away, uh, to be honest. So yeah, they're going to have one of the better losses of the one-loss teams if you're starting to compare resumes on one-loss teams. Yeah, and you know, and again, the question is what's going to happen with the teams in front of them. But just the fact that they're sitting at number seven means they're yeah, in yeah. really good position. Absolutely. You know, like like again, like we were talking about two-loss LSU earlier, sitting there where where LSU is sitting right now at. Number six. Okay. So you know, the committee obviously likes LSU better than USC. So if they both run the table, LSU's getting in over USC. And see, they'd would, have a win I over Georgia at that point. Strongly disagree with that decision. I would strongly. You disagree can disagree with, with it, but they'll also have a win over Georgia. So right, they're going to they get in. They got blowout loss. Case. They got blowout loss to Tennessee. 
Right. I know. Blowout loss. I know. So, but you know, the other thing is Tennessee is still sitting in front of them, you know, and then what do you do? You know, it's, this is what we talked about last week. I think, what do you do with Georgia, Tennessee and LSU? Because then you've got sure head to head wins against each other. Yeah. You know, so I think it's going to get really interesting, but the committee, obviously it could be a fun debate. I just, I just think that if USC ends up winning out, they still have one loss. LSU has two losses. And one of those losses is an absolute shellacking by Tennessee. So I I just, I would take, if you just, if you just have the resume, you don't have the team name. This isn't, this isn't BK bashing, although I, it's one of my pastimes. I enjoy (laughs) it, but I still think just from a resume standpoint, I would put USC in. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about Jim Mora for uh for coach of the year right now with what he's done at UConn but don't say it do not say it but your boy your don't boy is it. like <laughs> you can't be coach of the year if you lose to Florida State and Tennessee the way they did you can't sorry no I disagree with that because no. their roster I know you don't like him but their roster was a was a bleep show last year no. and for them to even be sitting where they are right now I don't care if you lose to Florida State because as we said before the season started you know that they were going to probably be in the six and six, seven and five range. And instead they're in college football playoff conversation. They so, are. And I give them credit for that. You can not, lose to Florida state and be coach, coach of the year, year based no. on what he inherited last nope. year. Negative. Sorry. <laughs> Negative ghost writer. Sorry. That was the way your full. special teams have imploded in that game against Florida state. You hired that guy. You're not coach of the year. Sorry. <laughs> All right, final question tonight. There have been a lot of takes on the Jeff Saturday interim hiring. We talked about some of them earlier this week. Former Steelers head coach Bill Cower, who's on CBS, said that the Saturday hiring was a, quote, disgrace to the coaching profession, end quote. <laughs> so Chris Mad Dog Russo goes on Sirius XM Radio. His response to Cower was basically that Cower got to skip right into national TV with no prior TV experience. So what's the difference with Jeff Saturday. What do you think about that rationale? I think that's absolutely 100% accurate. That's what I think. Because neither of those two people had to work their way up. Now, in the TV industry, right? The analyst industry, we see it all the time with former coaches and former players. They yeah. automatically get the boost to those spots, right? So it's more common. doesn't make it right, but it is more common than it is in the coaching The world. bigger the name, the bigger opportunity you've Absolutely. got. Absolutely. Tom Brady's and, got a contract and he hasn't even done, yep. you know, 
he's not even done playing football yet. You don't know if he's any good at. He's got the biggest contract comic. anyone's yeah. ever had. Right. Exactly. You have no idea if he's any good at it. Right. Right. But you know what it all comes down to? Any profession that you have ever had or I have ever had or anybody in the chat has ever had, it comes down to this. It's not what you know. It's right. who you know. And Jeff Saturday is really good friends with Jim Irsay. And, Je- you know, Jim Irsay really respects Jeff Saturday. And so he made him the head coach. It only takes one, like you said, right? It only takes one owner to make you the head coach. That's right. That's who he knows. And that's why he got the job, period. Yep. And he may be good at it. But that's why he got it. Life's not about what's fair; it's about what's feasible. You know, yeah. like I, someone I used to work with used to talk about fair all the time. Oh, Quit yes. talking about what's fair because yeah. nothing is fair. You know, it's like fairness went out the window a long time ago. But there is, you know, like being in the profession that I'm in. You know, having worked in in broadcasting and you know this, you know, profession for a long time, you know, this, this goes back to when I was in college in the mid nineties, I had a professor who who called it the jockocracy of like the guys who would leave the playing field and go straight into the booth. And it's like, you know, again, it's been going on forever and it's never been necessarily fair to like, you know, the, the guys who sit on the play-by-play side and, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. who, who start out at low levels and cut their teeth, you know, unless your name's Jack Collinsworth, I guess, you know, and like <laughs> rise through the that. ranks and, uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, again, it's like he is where he is because of what his name is and because right. of where he went to school. He's a Notre Dame grad whose last name is Collinsworth. His brother yeah. played for Notre Dame. And, his, you know, his dad obviously has been on NBC for a long time. It's not who and, you know. It's what you yeah. know. I, I mean, it's not what you know. It's who you know. And that's a prime example. Jeff Saturday is a prime example. And any other athlete or coach that has gotten big ticket numbers after getting fired, by the way, usually – usually getting fired or retiring i mean that's how it is because of who they are so and i mean yeah even tony romo like he ended up being really good at the job but why did he get the job because he was an ex-quarterback and an ex-dallas cowboys quarterback yeah absolutely (laughs) and it worked worked out really well because he's really good at his job right they didn't know that when they hired him right they can say they did all they want but you can do all the screen tests you want. You don't know until until that yeah. that mic and, and that camera are live. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I'm still – I am curious to see, what you know, how this whole thing works out with Tom Brady because oh, not yeah. only is he getting the job, he's going straight to the number one booth, you know, mm-hmm. right off the top yep. without doing a game. And, you know, they tried that with Jason Witten on Monday Night Football a few years ago, basically trying work. to follow the momentum of Tony Romo, but it didn't work out too well. Yeah. Vince, I've got to get going. Yes, got to, like I said, I got to pack up and hit the bus. Good to be with you here as always. Thanks to everybody for being in the mailbag here tonight. But um... <laughs> people Arch. keep wanting to bring up Jesse. Like, like this job is paying anywhere close to you know, like <laughs> I what, know, right? What's sitting on on CBS or you know <laughs> Jeff Saturday's making down there. In India, you know, <laughs> I can guarantee you he's not making Jeff Saturday money. No, no. Oh, and he slips in. Uh, he slips in a super chat right before we go. Just saying hi, guys. Great job tonight. No question. Just saying hi. All right. Thanks, Thank Joe. you very much, Joe. Appreciate it. Again, I got to get out of here. I got to yep. break it all have down. Great to be. Jesse great. will be back tomorrow. I have no have idea what we're talking about. I'm sure Boston College will factor into it. We'll figure it out. Have a great call, my friend. All right. Thank you, sir. Talk to you later.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.